You see the painter standing outside the bookstore, smoking, one hand shoved into the pocket of his jeans, a hooded sweatshirt giving him the squat necklace look of a bodybuilder. But you know, from the opening reading the night before, he wore a short-sleeved, double-pocketed shirt, like the one your father used to wear bowling, that his arms are thin, muscle-tone soft. Four months later, when he sends you a picture of himself naked, six muscle pounds heavier, leaning back in his office chair to better display, you assume, the newly articulate abdominal lines. You will tell him you remember noticing that first night, the paunch of his stomach beneath the bowling shirt. It was the sexiest thing about you, you'll say. That small imperfection. The one part of my body I'm never happy with, he'll say. He'll ask you to send him a picture of a body part you wish you could change, and you'll send him a close-up of your smile. Coffee stains on the front teeth, concentric lines arcing outward on either side of the lips. You'd gone to the joint opening reading at the Hunter Museum to hear a poet known for her ability to make married sex sound sexy by way of the well-placed ellipsis. The painter, an abstract expressionist making a foray into what he called narrative lithography, introduced his work first. Before he began, he paid homage to the poet, called her an undisputed genius, spoke at length of the cosmic events leading up to the present moment. How the phone call inviting him to join the poet came in at the very minute, the very second he lifted her book from his shelf. I mean, the phone rang three times, he said. I pulled her book from the shelf on the first two, answered on the third. The law of attraction at work, he said. The universe ordained this joint event. What a privilege to bow to the wishes of the universe. Excessive praise, you'd been thinking. Presumptuous, self-congratulatory. But then he began to discuss a series of prints. A man and a woman lying in a field of waving grasses. A needle entering the musculature of a hip. Followed by a scene of drugged, violent sex a sheathed knife held to the woman's throat. When your distance affair with the painter has ended, when you're lying again beneath your husband's touches, which fall and fall like tiny wounded questions, you will wonder if those prints were the original locus, the beginning of things, the fact that the painter could speak with such ease about sexual control and surrender. Some dormant electron inside of you charged, a particle observed and measured, the collapse of wave function into the lineaments of time and space, body and desire. And the quantum must play a role in this chance encounter, you think, walking past the man into the bookstore. That morning, one of your boys, shirtless and wearing flannel pajama pants, climbed into bed with you and your husband to show you a Calvin and Hobbes comic in which Calvin suggests going to the zoo. Hobbes agrees, as long as Calvin promises to visit a prison afterward, and your husband said, let's take them to the zoo. But you begged off. You wanted, needed, a quiet Saturday morning alone. You'd planned to buy Brian Greene's newest book, ponder the illusion of time's forward motion arrow, then sit at the piano in your studio at the university. You had a composition in mind, something surreal and atonal, in which the arrow would reverse. Glass unbreaking.
gases released from an opened Coke bottle, re-coalescing. Daddy Day, your husband said. Who wants funnel cakes for breakfast? Of course you recognize the painter from the night before, but there's a deeper recognition in your exchange of glances. He reminds you of someone you've known in the past, or else he's a particular type of person you've known before, or else there are, his suggestion, months later, past lives involved, a forced separation during a world war, or even a split in a soul cluster before your primary incarnations. Inside the bookstore, you try to remember the man's last name. Something with a B, something monosyllabic. Brant? Beck? Then you see his face on a poster. Adam Blunt, book signing, Saturday, 9-13, 10 a.m. Beside the poster is a stack of art books on a table.